Uh, good morning, everyone. great to be up here again uh, two weeks in a row I see you know the people who you know last week did, didn't want to show up this week apparently <laughs> <laughs> except a few brave people <laughs> that's right Floyd and Jules praise God yeah, praise God you know what encouragement uh, and welcome everybody online Nicholas will be back next week, uh, preaching from John. I can't wait. Uh, it's been exciting, but I'm going to use uh, the book of John quite often. And in the book of John, uh, Jesus says some of the sweetest words I've ever heard. Come follow me. Uh, you know, I've often said I'll, I'll write a book someday, and I really do want to write a book someday. Uh, Fifty years of Christianity have taught me a lot of things, but uh, this, this lesson on come follow me has probably taught me the most. Uh, you know, you think about the precious words that Jesus said to you when he, you first accepted him. He said, come, follow me. He didn't twist your arm. You know, he might have, but somebody might have twisted your arm. But Jesus doesn't twist our arm. He, he says, come, follow me. And I, I think those are the three most precious words I've, I've ever read in Scripture. Um, and when Jesus says, come, he, he's, what it says to me is, he says, come, I'm your patient Savior. Come, I'm your patient Savior. And, uh, and then he says, follow me. Uh, and he's our great example. He really is. He's our great example. Uh, and then when he says, also when he says, follow me, he says, uh, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So wh what's cool about come follow me is it's, it's an invitation. And then it's a demand from our Lord and Savior. If you're going to follow me, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And it's, it's really uh, welcoming, at, at, but at the same time, truthful. I love truth. I don't know about you. I love truth. I don't love uh, people who waste my time, who wish, uh, you know, beat around the bush. I really love God because he gets right to the truth in his word. And, and come follow me inspired me, it really said. And and I believe when Jesus says, come follow me to you, uh, he will change your whole life. When you finally accept what Jesus has to offer, his precious word, and you know, we just sang about the blood of Christ and, and all he does for us. When we finally accept that in our life and we follow him like his disciples did, and we are disciples, you know, that's, that's what we're called to be, uh, that you will change your whole life, and, and more importantly than your own life, you'll change people's lives around you. When you don't, it, it really, when we accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior, he gave us a mission, go seek and save the lost. You know, it's so we don't, we don't just sit in the pews, uh, go to work, come back next Sunday and sit in the pews again. We do something in, with those days in between. So come follow me, we'll inspire you. It'll make you, you more like Jesus. That's really what inspires me to be more like Jesus. Uh, come follow me. We'll, um, Jesus says we'll be sitting with him in heavenly places. So right now, you're here. But you're also sitting with Jesus in heavenly places. Did you know that? You're also sitting with Jesus in heavenly places. Your spirit, you have a spirit, and you and Jesus are one. And where is Jesus? With God. <laughs> so... 
Not only are we sitting here, right here and now, we're, sitting, we're sharing a, a meal with Jesus, with God, up in the heavenly places. Scripture tells us that. We're going to study that. Um, come follow me means every day your life means something. Uh, every day your life means something. It's, um, you know, the older I get, and we're starting to get a little older, the more precious every minute is. And, uh, and it's hard to understand that 50 years ago when I, when I started my walk with the Lord. When Diana started our walk with the Lord, we, we thought it was just, um, you know, our parents raised us up pretty good, and uh, yeah, Jesus is the way. Yeah, Jesus is the way, and, and we had kids, and, and they were little, and, and all that, and, and we really didn't grasp the whole deal about Jesus, but we, we worked our way through it. We worked every, every, you know, we used to go to Church of Christ, and of course, Church of Christ was great, because we met Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then Diane would be was talking about the Lord all the week through. So it really was fantastic. We learned how to follow Jesus in a special way. Um, and we didn't waste a whole lot of time. Though I think I did, but she, she didn't. You know, I, so anyways, Jesus is the light of the world. And this is um, sort of inspired this message. Uh, but, you know, Jesus is the light of the world, but uh, Satan is the power of darkness. So we always have to have that in the back of our minds. You know, Jesus is the light. Well, Satan is the power of darkness, and so, uh, you know, if we stumble, we stumble, he, and he loves it when we stumble. I talked about last week about David wasted so much time of his precious life, and, and he regretted it, but his regret led to um, writing the book of Psalms, half the book of Psalms, and, and sharing that with us as, as we studied that. Well, point number one, follow Jesus, he is the true light. Now, let's look at John, uh, first, first chapter, one through five. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And this is the scripture I'm talking about. In him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Uh, Jesus, as we know, is the light of the world. You know, uh, it's... Kim read, read uh, John 3.16, and, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave us his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. So Jesus is the light of the world. Whether the world knows it or not, Jesus is the light of the world. He's the only thing that's going to matter and change lives. And uh, in this verse 5, it says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus Christ is shining no matter what goes on in this world. And we, we have to believe that and live it. Because as Christians, we might be the only light some of the world is going to see. And, and the light has overcome the darkness. Satan has lost. There's still battles going on, but Satan has lost. There's no, darkness cannot overcome the light. God has overcome the light. And the, it says, and the darkness has not overcome it. Highlight that, because that means the darkness is evil, but ne Satan has never has and never will overcome the light of God. He never has and he never will overcome the light of God. The, the light will never stop until, until Jesus comes back and separates us all out. The light, uh, light overcomes darkness all the time. Jesus is the creator of the world. His life brings light to mankind. In his light, we see ourselves as we really are. You know, when, we, when, we, when the light of Christ comes on us, we see ourselves, when we really uh, see ourselves as we are, sinners in need of a savior. That's it. We are sinners in need of a Savior. We're no different than those people outside, except 
We have Jesus Christ. We need him. He is the light of our life. He changes everything. When we follow Jesus, the true light um, comes out and um, darkness goes running. I'm telling you, I, I share Jesus quite a bit. And uh, my employees have heard it over and over again. Uh, but it's, it's changed their lives. And I'm thankful. Maybe it hasn't changed their lives as much as I'd like, but it has changed their lives. And it has changed their children's lives. It has changed the, the community's life. One guy. And you can do the same thing. Let your light shine. There's power in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you. That's why those, those three little words, you know, that we talked about, uh, come follow me. If you do that, there will be no stopping you. No stopping. Because you will be the light of, in your life and somebody else's. And it's so important. Uh, and you know, um, I want to move over to John 14, 1 through 7. Last week I lost my place, but I'm doing really good so far this week. They're getting on my case, and my daughter's running the computer so she can say something if she wants. You know. <laughs> John 14, 1 through 7. And, you know, in these few verses, John 14, 1 through 7, um, uh, get your Bible out and highlight these. Get your Bible out and read all these again. Don't just listen to me, but listen to what Jesus says to you in John 14, 1 through 7. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way. You know the way, the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Jesus, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Uh, point number one, Jesus is the only way to the Father. Uh, you follow him, uh, you're going to end up in God's house. I mean, you, you read these scriptures. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, what I have told you, that I am going there to prepare a place for you. You, you follow Jesus, you're going to end up in God's house. Not your own house, God's house. Man, there's so much rich stuff in, in what Jesus has to say. I want to be in God's house, you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow him until I end up in God's house. And you know, and he says, I am the way three times in these verses I just read. Jesus says, I am the way. You know, uh, Thomas said uh, to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And, uh, boy, sometimes we all act like Thomas. We don't know the way. We, that's why we come back here. We, well, that's why we come to Bible study. That's why we come have our daily de devotionals. Uh, we need to know the way. We need to follow him. And, and he says, come, follow me. And, of course, the, the famous scriptures we all quote is in 6 and 7 is, uh, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Can't get any clearer than that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, you follow Jesus, and you'll know that he is the way. He is the truth. 
and he is the light. Those, you know, just how precious is all that? I am the way, Jesus says. I am the truth, and I am the light. And uh, you can't go wrong. Uh, but uh, notice, he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. No one. And that's how important Jesus Christ is. People love God, but they don't love Jesus. And we need to have our light shine and to show them Jesus. Uh, they may not even know Jesus, but they might know you. Right? They might not know Jesus, but they know you. Uh, one of my old friends who passed away said to me a long time ago, Rick, he said, I don't, I don't know what I believe in, but I believe in you. Good enough. That's what I said at the time. Good enough. Let's read the scriptures together. We never got to, but I know, I know that he read the scriptures before he died. <laughs> I have faith that God worked through me to show him. And that's what I'm saying. Let your light shine. That might, that might be the only chance someone you know has, has a chance to know Jesus. So important. Point number two. You can have a meal with Jesus. I like this part. You can have a meal with Jesus. You, know, you ever notice Jesus likes to feed people? I like that. You know, we, we, get, we have our potlucks and we get together and boy, it's a party. You know, Christians get together, they love to eat. And why? Because we love Jesus. He, you know, he fed thousands of people. Obviously, he wanted to feed people. He knew it was important. He instituted the Lord's Supper. And we do that every week. You know, the Lord's Supper means a lot. You know, Jesus instituted that. He said, I am the bread of life. You know, um, my, my blood washes away your sin. So I think Jesus really liked to use um, food as an example of how important it is. Um, he loved fishermen. You notice that? I mean, most of the guys who followed him were fishermen. And so he, he loved them. He liked, the, liked it when they caught the fish. Um, and, you know, he wants you to be fishers of men and women. Right? He wants you to be fishers of men and women. You know? uh, he wants you to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Get hungry. Jesus says, yeah, I'll feed you. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, I'll feed you. You know, and he seems to love fish. That's all I can say. He seems to love fish. You know that sign, oh, there's a fish. And uh, so it's, it's pretty cool how, how Jesus loves to use food. Uh, let's look at John chapter 21, uh, 10 and 12. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. So interesting, yeah, 153. But even with so many, the net was torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of his disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Two interesting scriptures right there. You know? uh, of course, uh, Jesus had come back uh, you know, from the dead. He had died and come back, and he was um, there on the shore making food for his disciples. You know, that's pretty cool. He's making food, making breakfast for you and I. You know, and he says, come, come. And, and Peter goes, throws off all his clothes and comes running because Peter just couldn't wait to see the Savior. You know, and, and he comes running. And then he, he says, bring some of those fish you caught, Peter. So Peter jumps it back into the boat, drags his net ashore. 153 fish fall over the ground. And Jesus says, come and have breakfast. I like that, you know, come and have breakfast. Um, I love to have breakfast with Jesus. I don't know about you. I, I love getting up at 5 in the morning 
and you know praying and then you know doing some stuff with Diane and then having that hour by myself to, to just have breakfast with Jesus and it's it's just I tell you it makes a difference have breakfast with Jesus he's hungry and we got to be hungry hunger and thirst for righteousness read uh, with me John <coughs> Verses 15 through 23, just down the road, just a little bit after that. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. Because Jesus asked him for the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said to us, he said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following him then. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper, and he said, Lord, who is going to be betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Boy, I can really relate to Peter. You know, he, he's, he has this back and forth talk with Jesus. Three times he says, Jesus says, do you love me? And uh, I don't know about you, but this, this, these verses speak to me. Because uh, as a Christian for a long time, um, I committed my life to Jesus, but I, I didn't always love Jesus the way I should have. You know, I got involved in business and business. I had, I've had 13 businesses. That's crazy. Really uh, crazy. You know, it was, I was the ultimate entrepreneur. And Diane, you know, lived with it most all the time. I had a sports shop. I had a stove shop. I, I repaired buildings. I did this. I did that. Whatever. But uh, I did waste a lot of time not following Jesus as I could have and should have. You know, and I think we all do that. You know, we get excited when we first come to the Lord. And he says, come follow me. But then, then what, 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 you know, life gets in the way, we call it. I, I said, that's baloney. That should never happen. Life never should get in the way of Jesus because Jesus is the life. And, and, but we all do it. And, and so I can identify with Peter. And, uh, and he tells Peter, uh, you know, follow me in verse 19. Read that one more time, 18 and 19. Jesus said to this, to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said, follow me. And just so you know, um, Peter said, I can't be crucified like my Lord and Savior. Please crucify me upside down. Because that's, uh, Jesus knew what kind of death Peter would have. Peter said, I can't, I'm not going to die like Jesus did. I, I'm not worthy. Please crucify me upside down. That, now that's following Jesus. He 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 did it. He he you know we know Acts how Peter got so bold and preached the gospel throughout part, a good part of Acts. 
He, he lived and died for Jesus Christ. That's the kind of follow me that Jesus knew he, he would do and, and, and had to do. And then in verse 22, he, he says, Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Peter, forget about what John is doing. We need to forget about what Tom, Dick, and Harry and Sally are doing. We need to follow Jesus. That's what Peter, uh, Jesus is telling Peter. You must follow me, Peter. Don't worry about John. John got to live a long time, and Peter didn't, but it didn't matter because Jesus, he tells Peter, you must follow me. You know, that's the word of our Lord and Savior. And uh, so it's, come following Jesus means a lot. And, you know, come following Jesus means we're going to sit with him in heaven and, and have supper together or, or lunch or, or breakfast, whatever it might be. Ephesians chapter 2, 4 and 7. I love this. When I read this and studied this, I said, wow, I'm, I'm up in heaven with Jesus right now. Read the scriptures that Paul says. Ephesians chapter 2, 4 through 7. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mer mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated with him in the heavenly realms in Christ. <coughs> in order that in the coming ages he might show us the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Study the, those scriptures, but I, I've studied them a lot, and I, I realize that right now I'm with Jesus up in heaven. But at the same time, i got a heavenly body. I'm in Christ. Because I'm in Christ, I have a heavenly body. I have a spirit. That spirit is, is, is <laughs> connecting with Jesus and God right now. And same with you. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just incredible to think about it and, uh, and to know the connection and the power that you have in Jesus Christ. We, we put a limit on, on Jesus Christ. There's no limit to what we really can do because of his spirit living in us. God makes us alive in Christ Jesus in verse 5. And in verse 6, um, it talks about, you know, having, sitting up there and having a meal with him. And that's why I say Jesus likes food. Jesus likes food. Point number three. <laughs> Follow Jesus, and you will finish strong. Paul sure did. Follow Jesus, and you will finish strong. Paul sure did. Uh, Paul was such an inspiration to all of us. Um, you know, he, he went from Christian killer to following Jesus to, to the end of his life. Uh, Christian killer to following Jesus to the end of his life. Paul, the greatest evangelist of all time. You know, he's always been a hero of mine because I, I'm sort of an evangelist. And, I tell, and Paul always inspires me to be the evangelist that he was. And, and that's why I say, you know, when we follow Jesus, uh, we can't help but read about all the heroes of the Bible who really did follow him. And Paul was the, probably the greatest. Paul was the greatest. And, you know, you might think you've been bad, but read about Saul. You might think you've been bad, read about Saul. You know, then you might think you're really good, compare yourself to Paul. One guy, he was uh, not so good one minute, and he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and he, uh, he just took off. He just took off. So, you know, you might think you're good, compare yourself to Paul. You might think you're bad, you, you're forgiven. You're forgiven as Paul was. Uh, you follow Jesus, and uh, like Paul, you'll finish strong. Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9, 3 through 16. Here's the story of Paul, uh, Saul, uh, meeting uh, Jesus. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice 
say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And, and Saul d knew it was Jesus, by the way. He knew it was Jesus because he calls him Lord. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Imagine how he, remember how he told Peter, you must follow me? He's telling Paul right now, I'm going to show you what you must do. You must do. <laughs> then the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. The Lord answered. <laughs> yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man uh, from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come uh, here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Wow. Jesus in, in verses 5 and 6 say, uh, Saul says, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Jesus tells Saul two things. I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. You're in trouble. <laughs> you don't. I am Jesus who you're persecuting. You're in trouble, man. <laughs> then he says, uh, and, and, you know, that gets my attention. You know, when, when I'm not uh, quite following Jesus, I should or maybe say something I shouldn't have said. I go, whoa, Rick, <laughs> you're in trouble. Jesus always, God always, uh, you know, lets me know when I've you know, sort of gone down that wrong road, you know, and, and immediately that, that, that feeling, that Holy Spirit tingles inside of me and say, yeah, you're in trouble, Rick. Get down on your knees and pray, uh, apologize to that coworker, whatever it may, may do that you might do, uh, you know, in, in maybe a fit of anger or, or frustration or whatever. <coughs> um, you know, like, like Paul, he, you know, Jesus says, why do you persecute me, Rick? You know what I've done for you? Don't do that. He'll get your attention. Verse 6, I love. Um, he says, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. I, I like that. I like to be told by Jesus what I must do. <laughs> it's easier that way. You know, there's no wishy-washy stuff about it. When those words in red speak to you, uh, do them. It's not me talking. You know, those letters in red are, are important. You know, and... Um, I love it, you know, when people are direct. Um, don't like people beat around the bush. I love, that's why I love Jesus. I love his word. I, I love to learn more and more. I, I love it when he says, come follow me every day, because I learn a little bit more about how, how to follow Jesus. I really do, every day. It's, it's, it's like 24-7. Jesus had a mission for Paul, and, you know, and he has a mission for you. you know, it's, and wherever you're at right now, he wants you to finish strong. You know, you might have just started, but... He wants you to start, start stronger tomorrow. Finish strong. You know, really, come follow me, Jesus says. It's simple. And uh, 
Paul's a great example in Philippians chapter 3, uh, 7 through 14. These are some of the, uh, I got practically this whole section highlighted and underlined. <laughs> I've read it so many times and it's inspired me so many times. And Paul inspires us right here. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection, participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained it, all this, or, or, or already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, here you go. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Yeah, amen. Paul took Jesus seriously. He said, <laughs> Paul, you're going to suffer for my name. And Paul said, yep, I'm going to suffer for your name, but I'm going to spread your name every second of my life from here on in. You know, come follow me. What an example. What an example. Point number four, and I love this. This is a lot. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to miss a single verse. Here we go. Point number four, Jesus will not force you to follow him but he is truthful with you. He won't force you to follow him, but he's truthful with you. You know, we say the truth will set us free. And it's, it's God's truth that sets you free. It, and, it's, and that's what I love about Jesus. But he won't, won't force you. You know, he says, come. First he says, come. And, and it was just beautiful. Come, follow me. You know, we look at the disciples, how they, they, they sort of, they followed him for three and a half years. But really, it was only for the last I think six months or so, they, they really got it. You know, they were with Jesus for three and a half years, but I believe for the last six months is when they really sort of got it. And they really didn't even get it then, but they got it pretty well. You know, but after his resurrection, after the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, they got the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and then they really got it. They, they really understood what it took to follow him. But, uh, you know, it's, it's funny... Um, and speaking of the truth, I don't know if any of you saw the, the old movie, A uh, Few Good Men. Uh, I happen to be a big uh, Jack Nicholson fan. He's a bad guy in some of the movies, and usually a bad guy in all the movies, but he's sort of, sort of one of these guys that someone said I actually looked like him. And I said, anyways, but Nicholson, <laughs> Nicholson was sort of weird. But in A Few Good Men, him and Tom Cruise, uh, he, uh, Cruise is a lawyer, and he's got Nicholson up on the stand. And he's, he's trying to pin him down for what he did to, in, in, the, in some, some kind of the service or whatever. So Cruz says, I want the truth. And Nicholson says, you can't handle the truth. Why do I love that quote? Because I love the truth. And, you know, and sometimes you know, we don't want to hear the truth. Sometimes we don't hear the truth. You know? And I think that's sometimes true of me. I don't want to hear the truth. And sometimes it hurts. But isn't the truth you know, what we all want really deep down? You know, Jesus says, come follow me. 
and that nothing is closer to the truth than Jesus. You know, and, uh, Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. We're wrapping it up. We're wrapping it up. Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. Highlight these or, or make a note of these verses. This basically is, is what my whole um, message is, is all about right here. Jesus says to me, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble and hot, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is, is light. Jesus says, Come. These, these beautiful scriptures right here just prick my heart to, to know him. <laughs> Come to me. Oh, oh, you who weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. Wow. Jesus says, come to me. Uh, so many people are pushy. You know, I'm even pushy. I'll, I'll admit it, I'm pushy. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, as Christians, some of us all think we've got the answers. We're Christians, we've got the answers. We're Christians, we've got the answers. No, we don't. He has the answers. You know, really, he has the answers. He says, come to me. And uh, verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Uh, boy, does that make me feel good. Come to me. You know? that's, that's why I sort of like, come to me. Come follow me. Um, Jesus is the answer. He's the only answer. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So what does that take my yoke upon me mean? Um, become a disciple of Jesus Christ. You're yoked together with Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Jesus is living in you. You're yoked together with Jesus. And so, boy, that is incredible. And that's what makes our burdens light. Because we have Jesus taking care of all those sins. We just talked about Jesus is showing us the way, the truth, and the life. It, you know, I don't have to be a genius. I can I read the way, the truth, and life, and I know there's no other way. It's pretty simple, and you know, it's not complicated. And and his these scriptures are so comforting. I think if we could translate what Jesus just said to, in these few verses, the way we go out and, and lead our lives with with the world around us, it might, this this room might be a little fuller. You know. If we could just go, just meet people where they're at and, and, and say, come. All you are weary, Jesus can give you some rest. He can take, take those burdens right off your shoulders. We talked about in that in Bible study this morning. If we, got, if we could get rid of all those sins, and, and we, which we do when Jesus forgives us, but the world has all those sins sitting on their shoulders. If they don't have Jesus, you know, if we can share a little bit about Jesus and, and, and just take, help take those burdens off their, their shoulders, pray with them. Identify with him. Witness to him in a, in a way that is, is says, come. Jesus says, come. He's not going to force you. He won't force you. But, but when you do come, he will work with you. He's worked with me for 50 years, and I'm, I'm very thankful because uh, I need a lot of work. I still do. And, and, and that's why Jesus is so good to us because he's so patient with us. And then he says in verse 30, um, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, learn from me. 
you know, learn from me. Uh, no better teacher than our Lord and Savior. He is gentle and humble in heart. He, in all he, will give you rest for your souls. Everybody wants rest out there. I want rest. You want rest. Only he will give you rest for your souls. Uh, Jesus paid the price for us on the cross. Jesus says, come to me. going to wrap up with a scripture a, a brother in Christ shared with me, and I thought it was really good. So we're going to finish off in John chapter 6, 60 through 69. What a, um, a good give and take between um, Jesus and his disciples. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. But Jesus, had, For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe who would, uh, who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Wow. Uh, a give and take, a lot of his disciples turned and left uh, when they really heard the truth. And uh, it's sad, but uh, they no longer followed him. But then Jesus says to his 12, or to us, you do not want to leave too, do you? Uh, but Peter in his boldness, he answers for all of us. Uh, he answers for all of us. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. That's the invitation today. You know, you've come to believe and to know that uh, your Savior is the Holy One of God. Uh, we've got nowhere else to go. <laughs> You're stuck right here for a few more minutes. But, uh, you, you know, really, you have nowhere else to go but to follow him. Uh, you know, he, I, I think about Jesus, and he is the true light, which we talked about earlier. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, he will make you fishes of men. I love that. He will make you, us fishes of men. Uh, he'll share a meal with you. You know, he'll say, "Come, come." You know, let's share a meal before we uh, before we preach the word. Let's share a meal. You know, Jesus wants to share a meal with you, and He's the only one who gives eternal life. Uh, Jesus says, "Come, follow me today." I, uh, um, someday I'm going to write a book about that, but. Uh, I'm thankful for your listening ears today. I didn't miss a scripture, and I'd like to stand and sing the song of invitation. Thank you. <laughs>